When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. My name is Ty Hildenbrand. I am joined, as always, by my good friend and colleague and co-host of many years, Way over there in beautiful New York City, a fine gentleman by the name of Dan Rubenstein. Sir, how are you? Ty, let's take our time tonight. Above us, as we speak right now, stars are watching, and there is no place, and you know this, Ty, I'd rather be in this world. Is this, in this Bru- world. This is Bruno Mars, isn't this it? This is your, your eyes, Ty. It's, it's what I'm lost in. You know that. Underneath that chandelier, I know you have. Is this Versace on the floor, Bruno Mars? <laughs> You really have a good voice, Ty. Thank it's you. Not, it, is that it? It's not my serious XM voice, but you have a good voice. Well, thank you. Is that the correct song? That is the correct song. Yes. I learn all of these yes. songs online because I don't listen to the radio because I take a, a subway to work. And it's fascinating. Well, it's funny that you should bring that up because we did a live show this past mm-hmm. weekend, and which was awesome. It was great to meet ah, so many people. So we, had a, we had a packed house, which was great. Um, the solid wife, Kate, reported that she went up to the bar to get a drink before we got rolling, and there was such a crush on the bartenders that they were asking each other if there was like an open bar. What's going on here? What exactly is this? <laughs> so by all accounts, verballers were well-nourished at our live event, but we had some snacks out there. It went very, very well. Where I'm going with this mm-hmm. is um, some people came up, and they were asking about song lyrics. And oh, that's that, right. They do like that. Is this something that we plan out in advance? Do I have <laughs> advanced knowledge of what you're going to ask? And of course, I never do. You just usually spring it on me. 
And yeah. because I listen to so much pop radio, I'm I'm usually pretty good at getting the You're answer. You're very but. good at it. You're scary good. And I will echo what you said. It was a great time. The yes. fantasy things drafts went off without a hitch at Hill Country Barbecue. It was so cool to meet people or see people that we've met before. Once again, I hope everybody got snacks or beer. That that social lubrication tie. That's right. That lubrication. And I don't want to spoil anything because I think people, the, the show goes up when? We're recording right now on a Thursday. It goes up Sunday. Sunday, we'll put out fantasy things. Yeah. All right. I will just say this. Somebody somebody fell through a chair. That's right. <laughs> In the very beginning of the show. They're okay. And I think that loosened everybody up. I, I think it did. It was a great icebreaker. As yeah, you right in front, right in the front. Yeah. As you may, and you can hear it on the audio. I have gone back and <laughs> done a little bit of light editing. Uh, you can hear it on the audio. It's pretty fantastic. One other bullet point on the live show, because the interest yes. has been so great in coming to see the Solid Verbal live, but not everyone's in New York. We started a bit of an informal survey. We've gotten hundreds of responses already. We will link up that survey on the official posting for this episode. If you go on out to solidverbal.com, let us know hypothetically if we came and did a mini tour of cities where you might be able to come and see us because you never know. It's always a possibility. Do you want to reveal what certain hotspots are or no? Do you want to just let it play out right now? Chicago, Atlanta, and DC. But there is a, a Texas contingent that has split the vote, right? There is a Texas contingent between Dallas, between Houston and Austin uh, that little triangle area of Texas has definitely had the biggest footprint, the biggest response mm-hmm. in general on the survey, but uh, not in any one particular city. Yeah, Chicago, Atlanta, D.C. And if if it's cool and if we do end up doing a show in Texas, Austin feels like the most central, right? I, if my geography stand, I don't know, maybe my geography is wrong. I was a runner up in the seventh grade geography B. Sierra Canyon Middle School. Not a huge deal, Ty, but I just want to make sure that fact sure, is out Sure, 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 sure. Anyway, we'll link up the survey. Go and take it. Let us know what you think. We'd love to do more live shows. Perhaps we will come to your cité. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as a benefit, I had 2.2 beers and a shot of tequila, and I may have been hungover for 48 hours. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, I was struggling through Monday. So, hey, you get to experience that if you come out to one of those shows. And we will absolutely try our very best at any of those cities to do it at a venue that has a food quotient, because that feels right for our show. So I really don't want people to go hungry. That's right, And that's it right. seemed people just swarmed the food that we served, like piranhas, which is what I wanted. So... so- We're not saying we're going to do it, but we're just saying if you'd be interested, go and take the survey. Yes, absolutely. Very quickly, T-shirts are still on sale for another week. You Mm -hmm. can find the link to that again by going to solidverbal.com. We will be emailing everyone who ordered at the end of next week just to confirm addresses and let you know a status update when you can expect your apparel. We also have a Pick'em Pool, which I will Mm -hmm. also link on the official posting for this episode out on solidverbal.com. You can also find that if you go on out to the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, or of course, our new friends over at the subreddit, Dan. Yes. Contribute to all of those things. And we've heard from a couple of women about the shirts and if we were going to offer tanks, if that is you, if you want, uh, if you're a dude, if you're a lady and you want a tank, we will look into it, but let us know. So we have a sense that that yeah. demand actually is out there, the but ladies, we are looking The ladies want it. a ladies specific shirt. Yes. That seems to be what we're hearing. So 
Let us know if that's a, a thing you're interested in, and we will do our best to accommodate you. On that note, Dan, we got to talk more college football, don't we? Maybe the first and only time this year we'll be drum rolling the ACC preview. <laughs> Certainly the preview show. I was going to say, I don't know how many ACC previews you have in mind. Yeah, hopefully once will be got enough. Once yeah. will be enough here. We are going through the ACC today. Last week we did the Big Ten. Two weeks ago we did the Big 12. We still have the SEC, which I think we'll be doing next week. And then just because we got to squeeze them all in, we're probably going to be doing one on the weekend or publishing a show anyway on the weekend to get the Pac-12 in before we actually start previewing games in uh, pretty short order here. Let's start in the ACC, though. Dan, we've got 14 teams. We've got seven per division, Mm -hmm. as you might expect. The Atlantic looks far superior, at least at the top, because it has Florida State and Clemson and Louisville and NC State kind of lurking around. Maybe they'll snipe somebody. Who knows? We've also got the Coastal Division, which has a, a much different narrative. Can you name all seven teams in the Coastal without looking, by the way? I'm looking right now, so it would be unfair. <laughs> I have to, I had to write it on my right forearm as if I am about to cheat in Algebra 2. I'm not sure I could name all seven, and I'm not proud to say that, but I'm not ashamed to say that either. The only thing I know about the Coastal in general as a grouping this year is it's Duke and everybody else as for who knows who their who knows who their quarterback is going to be with certainty and how they will look within that offense. Yeah, Miami, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, all of them have new quarterbacks. We're going to get into all of that here and uh, and much much more. Should we start at the top with Florida State? No, let's start with the defending champ, Ty. Show some uh, respect. Okay, right, 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 right. The all, all championship chief conference, because it was the best conference in America last year. The ACC, let's mm-hmm. start with Clemson, your defending champions, Dan. How do yes. you feel about Clemson this year? I feel very good. I don't feel excellently. I don't feel 11 and 1, 12 and 0 about Clemson, but the fact that both of their lines are in terrific shape, the fact that they have a lot of experience, even if it's not starting experience in the, the wide receiving core with running backs, secondary loses a couple key pieces, the linebackers are in good shape, but I am I'm generally feeling really good about a team that has recruited very well, that has held on to coaches, that has I guess three great coordinators with co-coordinators on offense. The schedule is tricky, but I'm about done doubting Clemson myself. So if they can figure out, or more specifically, Kelly Bryant can figure out the offense or a way to play within this offense. If it's Hunter Johnson, the freshman, the blue chip freshman who comes in later on in the season, like Deshaun Watson did when he was a freshman, whoever it may be, they are built to withstand inexperienced quarterback troubles. So I could not see them going anything less than nine and three. It's an incredible success story. The way that Dabo Sweeney's built the program. Consider the fact again, that Deshaun Watson's gone. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gallman, Mike Williams, Artavis Scott, they're all gone. So Cordray is Car- Tankersley. Yeah. So is Carlos Watkins and Ben Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of elite talent walking out mm-hmm. the door. The fact that they're still a top 10 team in spite of all that tells you a lot about just how good of a job he's done constructing this through recruiting. Of course, the question here in 2017 is not the defense. They're right. still they're still loaded. The question is who steps up on offense, right? Yeah. Who who steps up? You mentioned the line. I think the line will support whoever plays quarterback, whoever plays running back. That's not going to be as big of an issue. I think whoever plays quarterback is going to have guys to throw to, including. <clears throat> 
My doodle alert, Dan. Oh, already. Right out of the shoot, my boy Dion Kane. I like that. I am excited. Can I talk to you for a second about Dion Kane? Please. It's a safe place. Dion Kane, he's been at Clemson for what, two years now? Mm-hmm. Both years he's been overshadowed by bigger guys with better names. And he had five touchdowns his freshman year, nine last year. Actually, he only had four more catches last year than he did in 2015 and still somehow managed about 170 extra receiving yards to boot. So <clears throat> I've been workshopping some slogans here that I wanted to run by you just to see you know what you think. It, it might be a bit of a hackneyed phrase, but option one, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Kane is able? It's not bad, Ty. It's not bad. Not bad. That's all I'm getting. What about yes, I can? Oh, that was good. That's where I'm going with it. Is that number two? Same that was number two. Something. Okay, that's my preference. You yeah. know, some people could get political with. It. We're you know, we're talking college football. Oh, nah, yes, here. I can. Yeah, but that could be the mantra, not just for Dion Kane, but for the entire Clemson team. I think I can. It almost feels more inspirational. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I think that's the move. I did not expect you to react like that. I, I expected page. crickets like you gave me last time. Way better than Alan Lazard. <sighs> I still like Lazard. Duke of Hazard, Alan Lazard, but whatever. Let's go through the schedule and figure out which players and which teams should be worried about their junk and Christian Wilkins. How oh, about that? Okay, yep, yep. Uh, Auburn, they go to Louisville, to Virginia Tech, which should have a tough defense. And like another year where seven dudes have the last name Edmonds. Um, they go to North Carolina State, which is going to be pretty tricky. They host Florida State and they go to South Carolina. So pretty tough. Yeah, I'm I'm skittish about September. I think there yeah. might be a loss in there. I don't like Clemson more than Florida State this year. I think that's a loss as well. Okay. Uh, I don't know if there is a third in there, but in I Death Valley. See- I could see it happening. So I I feel more on the side of 10 and 2 than I do 9 and 3, but I think it's one or the other. Danger junk. Sorry. Yeah. I'm a bad person. Yes, we can. Yes, we two. can. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm right there with you. 10 and 2. 9 and 3, 10 and 2. Let's go to Florida State then. Let's do that. Um, How about this one? The cook has left the kitchen. What is with you and nicknames in 2017? The cook is out of the kitchen. Crazy no? branding. Not uh, a fan. That's fine. It's yeah. It doesn't doesn't get me all worked up. <sighs> okay. What about yes we can? Mm, interesting. <laughs> we could just go an entire theme throughout the ACC. Yeah. Acre breaky heart. Dalvin Cook is gone. The top four receiving targets are gone. Demarcus Walker's gone. Corner is something to watch if you want to split hairs. And the schedule kind of sucks, to be perfectly frank, because he got Alabama week one, Miami week three, NC State week four, in a letdown spot, mind you. Yeah. Louisville week eight at Clemson week 11 at Florida to close out the regular season. That is five losable games. I'll say five and a half because I like NC State an awful lot. We'll get to that momentarily. Beyond all that, I love Florida State this year, Dan. Why? I like DeAndre Francois. More than seemingly everyone who covers Florida State football. I don't know why, but I like him. I like the fact that even though the cook is officially out of the kitchen, Mm -hmm. Jimbo's got about 15 quality guys that he can trot out there at running back and get production. Wide receiver, a bit untested, but it's Florida State. They always have a quality receiver. They just, they do. Someone's going to step up. And on top of that all, the defense was young last year. Now they are officially loaded. And they've got my boy Derwin James coming back from injury. Yes. 
That's a lot to like about Florida State. I'm I'm very bullish on the Knowles this year. Yeah, Florida State definitely one of those teams where you feel like, well, they've recruited so well that it's just a matter of time before somebody steps into that role, whatever role that may be, and succeeds. I like DeAndre Francois. I think he's promising. He's not somebody that I am totally, fully convinced of, but still liking is a good enough situation in the ACC this year with quarterback. Um, yeah, the the experience at receiver isn't great, but there's a lot of explosive potential. We saw some of that last year with the rotation guys who will step in. The offensive line needs to get better at protecting the quarterback, but again, talent is there. Just need to prevent hits. Defensive line is scary good, very deep. Josh Sweat will be terrorizing everybody. Matthew Thomas is back at linebacker, and he is... I think he's 37 years old. He could be he 37. Is, he yeah. has been at he's been at Tallahassee a long time. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of quality at uh, at corner and at safety. Derwin James is worth everything. And here's the big thing about their schedule tie, which I like because we've been talking about body blow theory stuff for years. Whether or not it actually is real, we enjoy talking about it. That's right. Yeah. All of those tough games, those five losable games to varying degrees, they're all buffered. So obviously you have the offseason before Alabama. So there is there's no back-to-back danger on this Florida State schedule, which is at least something to hang your hat on when it is a, a pretty tough slate going to Clemson, going to Florida, which might have things figured out to whatever degree later on in the season. So it's fine. You get a, a really good Miami defense at home. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson's coming to Tallahassee. So if you're going to have a tough schedule, at least get that break, which they have. You know what that means, though, don't you? What's that? A lot of letdown look-ahead potential. Ooh, get that sandwich. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so hungry. hungry. Oh, boy. There you go. It's been a while since I had a chance. I to like that, that sound. Underrated. Very underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have a personal question for you, though. As I'm always to ready Florida for this. State. Yeah. Someone after the live show on Saturday asked for my hot college football take. Mm-hmm. And I said that I thought Florida State was going to beat Alabama. Okay. Do I pull that one back and blame the alcohol or do I just roll with it? I'm not sure what the protocol is because I'm not 100% behind that uh, and I'm certainly not above a mea culpa. Uh, I feel like I might want to pull that one back because I've been doing a little advanced recon on Alabama and I'm not I'm not necessarily feeling as confident as I did with a couple drinks of me. Here's the case for Florida State over Alabama. We'll get to this in a couple weeks when we preview the actual game. The case for Florida State is Jalen Hurts struggled last year near the end of the year against the very good defenses that he faced. And Florida State's defense should be as healthy as it will be and be very good. So they could force a couple mistakes there. They have the beef and rotation beef up front to handle both Scarborough and whoever else rotates in Najee Harris. Mm. Uh DeAndre Francois is used to taking a beating up front and just bouncing back up. Cam Akers should be able to run and continue to bounce back up against a really good Alabama front. So in terms of comparative talent and coaching, Florida State's right there. And it's on a neutral field in Atlanta. Should be a fast track. There you go. I like that. New stadium. You like that fast track? Fast track, yeah. So that's the case. Florida State can force a turnover and, and play relatively safe with DeAndre Francois can do. They can win that game. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll I'll wait to rescind it. But the solid verbal and the case of the Knowles. Let's go to Louisville, Dan. Hmm. I knew somebody from Louisville once. Louisville. I was told that it's Louisville. Louisville. Like L apostrophe LLville. Louisville. Many L's. That's just to be safe. It's just L's and V's. 
So Whoa. a bit of a revelation last year with Lamar Jackson. He has quietly been my favorite story all offseason because I can't yeah. tell you how many questions we got from people who were like, hey, is it just me or is nobody talking about Lamar Jackson? And then recently we actually got one asking us if the underhype was being overhyped, which is like 10 dimensional chess. I can't even think that through. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about Louisville this year? Louisville. Backlash to the backlash to the backlash. Yeah. I feel I feel good that they'll be entertaining. I'm worried a little bit about the secondary and still worried about the offensive line, which are two things that it's not great to worry about going into a season. Usually expect some skill talent with a quarterback of that caliber to find its way early on. Look, Lamar Jackson, when he's protected, when the offense is catered to him, he's extraordinary. He is an absolute monster. And supposedly this year, he's going to be in the pocket a little bit more, less sort of spready and dual thready than normal. But in either case... He is really good at, at sort of reading the field. We'll take off if there's nothing. I'm not worried about him, even though he did struggle down the stretch a bit. Somewhat of his fault, somewhat not. Um, there's a ton of size, a ton of speed in the receiving core. Little inexperience. I Listen, up front, Louisville should be good. It's a new defensive coordinator. They sort of swapped, right, with Mississippi State. Peter Sermon comes in. That's right. That's the right. old USC, whatever, and was not great for Mississippi State. Todd Grantham goes to Mississippi State, so they're going from like a 3-4 to a more multiple look. It should be fine because they're talented, especially up in the front. Uh, They'll miss Devontae Fields, but otherwise, the schedule is not fantastic. It's fine. Not fantastic, but they have what I still think is the most dangerous person in college football with the ball in his hands in Lamar Jackson, which I, I think should count for something. Yeah, I mean, I think you checked all the boxes. The the one thing I would add on the schedule, if you really squint, you might be able to find an eight and four season in there. But I think okay. that's leaving a lot to assumption. I I'm gonna assume that Louisville loses to Florida State and Clemson. They're better than everybody on the schedule other than those two teams, right? Yeah. There's like they're, they I clearly agree. should beat those teams because of talent and coaching. So I think FSU and Clemson represent two losses for sure. The only other one in here that could be interesting is NC State. We'll talk about them next. That one's on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really comes down to, I think, how much you favor NC State. And it's a good matchup for NC State. It, it's their a great strength matchup is their for defensive line against Louisville's offensive line. Yeah. So I am gonna I am gonna trend on the side of ten and two. Okay. For wow. Louisville, which might be a little aggressive, oh. but it's kind of the same team that we saw from a year ago. The same right. strengths, the same weaknesses. If anything, we know a little bit more, a lot more actually about Lamar Jackson. So I, I like this team. I still think they're third. In their division, but um, I'll go nine and three, ten and two, somewhere in that range again. Yeah, I have them nine and three. Um, North Carolina is interesting, even though they're starting over on offense and they go to Kentucky, which did they not, in fact, lose to Kentucky last year? That's right. Yeah. So now they're on the road against Kentucky. They gave up 40 points against Wildcats. Um, yeah, I think they've got a stinker in them in addition to Clemson and Florida State. Could just happen. because of the offensive line, just because of the secondary. Even though quarterback is largely an unknown in the conference, I'm going to go with 9-3. and three. They have Purdue early on, which should be interesting. Purdue's going to get killed in that game. But maybe they show a couple flashes of what's to come with Jeff Brom. 
All right, let's pick up the pace a little bit because let's go. What do we got? What do we, we got? We got like eighty-five more teams to get through here. <laughs> so in the many ACC. teams. The NC State Wolfpack, Dan. Uh, I love me some Jalen Samuels at H back, whatever back. When we whatever. go to NC State, is this a reflection of you thinking they're the fourth best team or they're just next for you? I am thinking they're the fourth best team wow. in, in this division. Oh, division. Okay. In this division, not overall. What division is this, by the way? Should I know what division? This is, this the, is Atlantic, the Atlantic. Yeah. The Atlantic. Uh, I like Jalen Samuels. I mm. like Ryan Finley. I like both the offensive and defensive lines. Actually, I like the entire front seven for NC State. Mm-hmm. Secondary has some turnover. Secondary is gettable, but presumably teams are going to try and test them out. Hopefully they'll have a chance to get themselves in working order before they play anyone really good. But I'm high on NC State this year. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling eight and four. Nine and three is a possibility. Um, I've done this before where I've gone all in on a team. The only real solace for me at this point, again, in mid-August is that a lot of folks seem to be in on NC State. It's not just me. This is a team that I think has been building for a while and Dave Duran might finally have something here. Yeah, they still feel eight and four-ish, but a dangerous eight and four-ish. We saw it last year when they almost beat Clemson. You know, really should have beaten Clemson and Ryan Finley is efficient. I like Eli Drinkwitz. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. He's a Malzahn guy. He came over from Boise State along with Ryan Finley. But Still worried about the secondary. Not crazy. I'm not as crazy about their offensive line as it sounds like you are. And schedule-wise, I believe they're on the road at Notre Dame before they play Clemson, which right. is, right. it should be a pretty tough one, too. They open with South Carolina and Charlotte, I believe, which, by the way, if you're going to that game, or if you just are going to Charlotte, or if you live in Charlotte already, Fudo Buta, I believe is how... Philippe is the name. It's a ramen place in Charlotte. It's killer. It's so good. Fudo Buddha. Um, but to Florida State, to Pitt, uh, they have North Carolina, obviously, at home at the end of the season. Their defensive line will get them pretty far this year. Yeah. I'm just That's what I'm, thinking I'm curious too. about. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about offensive efficiency. They still feel like eight and four to me, which is all things considered where Dave Doran was a couple years ago. Didn't know what his job security was going to be like. I think it's still a good place to be. If you are comfortably in a bowl game as NC State with what they're up against in their own division, that's a that's a, a nice little year. They they could snipe somebody too. Absolutely. I think they could get somebody. Lose something stupid, upset. win something impressive. That feels about right to me. All right, quickly. Let's go to let's go to Wake Forest, Dan. Oh. Yeah. What what is this is this is hot Wake Forest takes right here. Woo! What what is the, what is the state of affairs with the claw fence in 2017? Not great, Ty, but it's they're almost better. They they somehow win games with no offense somehow. Um, squarely in the triple digits, they're like a reverse Oregon, where their defense has been excellent or was excellent last year with Mike Elko, who moved on to Notre Dame, but their offense was really really bad. Um, or like a reverse Texas Tech. There's some potential at quarterback. I know they like Kendall Hinton. Uh, he's the sort of more promising of the two quarterbacks, a dual threat guy. Skill positions, fine. There's not a ton of explosive guys. Defensively is where they're going to shine. The front seven is still good. Um, and they're secondary. And it's a good year to be working in a new secondary. A lot of new names, new faces. Schedule's interesting to me. They go to App State. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Please, sorry, sorry. Listen, I wrote this down. 
for Wake Forest. Listen to this eight game stretch between late oh, September and late. November. I have this down too. It's a there's a buy in there, right? There is a buy in there, so it's yeah. not oh, it's not consecutively, but at App State, which is a pretty good team, mm-hmm. Florida State at Clemson at Georgia Tech, Louisville, Louisville at Notre Dame at Syracuse, and then against NC State. Where's that, the buy? The buy is before Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah, it's it's some. I didn't write the buy down, but it's somewhere okay. around there. That is a murderer's row. It's rough. If you're Wake Forest, losing a lot on defense at all three levels, talk about a heavy lift to get the same level of production from your defense, especially against a schedule like that. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that the ACC is going to be pyrotechnic on offense because, as you'll find out shortly, once we get to the coastal. Plenty of teams have their own offensive question marks, but suffice to say, this is this is a bit of a challenge for a Wake Forest team that uh, you know is, is turning over a great deal. Yeah, I like how they have to improve to bad on offense to to make progress. Wake Forest feels like a team that is like a a hitter who is not a good hitter, like a a baseball player hitter. Yeah, but he'll foul it off a bunch of times. Right, he'll make you earn it. You bring him in for the hit and run. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He'll wear you down. They might ground out eventually, but he'll he'll make it difficult. Yeah. I, I mean, they again feel like a bowl team to me just because of the talent on defense. So I'm going to say six and six for Wake. Let's go to the Q stand. We have breaking news. Oh shoot! Boo, 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 boo. I am naming Syracuse as my third favorite FBS school this fall. Really? So Notre Dame. Is Notre Dame still number one? Notre, Notre, Notre Dame is, is yes, they're still number okay. one. Penn State then, is two. Yep. Syracuse, I think, is my three. Mm, okay. So just really aligning yourself with the, the, the friendliest fan base. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, just about everyone's back. Mm-hmm. Still not a, not a whole lot of senior leadership on this team, which means that next year could really be the year to name them my third favorite team. Uh, provided, of course, that everyone doesn't declare for the NFL draft, which is always a concern if you're playing football or coaching football at Syracuse. Right? Yeah. The offense is going to score. They're going to be a ton of fun to watch. Dino Babers has a bit of a track record in the second year. The second year Dino Babers surge is a real thing. The defense. Ah! <laughs> Let's talk about the offense. instead. That's how, how it'll that? be introduced during games. Let's take a look who's coming out on the field for the orange. Ah! Let's talk about Eric Dungy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited to watch this team play. Defense could be a bit of a liability, but that's nothing new. Mm-hmm. The road schedule is brutal. <laughs> Very brutal. I do think that Syracuse will be a fun team to watch in some of these spots because they go to LSU, which is a weird game. Weird mm-hmm. game for Cuse to play, but at LSU. Oh, it's fine. They were they went to Syracuse not too long that's ago. That's right. So that's right. That's even got, stranger. At LSU, at NC State, at Miami, at Florida State, and at Louisville, that's all five of their road games, and all five are pretty damn tough. So, I don't know if Cuse is a bowl team. I'd like to believe that they are, because, of course, they're my third favorite team in 2017 now. But they should, at a minimum, be fun to watch, because I think they're going to score points. Yeah, I think they're going to give up more than they score (laughs) a little bit more often. Um... I think the game at LSU and then NC State, Pitt, Clemson, and at Miami, those are in consecutive weeks, right? Uh, they That's might what be. I have down here. Okay. And that's 
tough for this Syracuse team who returns a lot, but is that terrific to return? I don't know. I don't sense it will be all the time. I have Syracuse at like four and eight, a fun four and eight, but I, against this schedule, I don't think they have the the talent level yet to really scare anybody that good. Yeah. See, that's the thing. They might not make a bowl. It'll be fun to watch though. It'll yeah, be fun to watch. Moments. Yeah. Eric Dungey needs to stay healthy though. That's been the tough thing. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Boston yeah. college, Dan BC. Mm-hmm. I'd like to read a passage if I could. Mm, okay. Will you read it in a, an accent of some kind? I can't do accents. Okay. This is from the wise prophet known as Dr. Seuss. Quote, you will come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're darked. Okay. Is that about Chestnut Hill? This concludes my Boston College preview, Dan. Wow. Okay. I will be a little bit lengthier, but not much lengthier. Uh, offense is going to be kind of a mess. They're going to be not that exciting, but they might have a promising young quarterback in Anthony Robinson. Defensively, they're going to be very good up front. The secondary is, this is a, a running theme, questionable secondary yeah. for this ACC team. <laughs> questionable secondary. Um, but I do have a dude alert, Ty. Oh. Okay. Okay. This might be the uh, the one lighted window. Dr. Seuss saw in Chestnut This is the Hill. one lit window, Chestnut Hill, Harold Landry, defensive end is so good. He is scary. He is stupid. He is magnificent. He reminds me a lot of Vic Beasley, if you remember from a few years ago at Clemson. Yeah. Where he's not huge, but he's so fast and so relentless. And if we're going to talk about Syracuse's defense with, ah, we should be talking about Harold Landry plays with, ooh, ooh. Ooh, that's not nice. That's not nice at all. He's so good. And the defensive line will be very good too, but Harold Landry is, he is a pain in the ass and I love watching him. So that's who you should be paying attention to. The schedule for Boston College isn't great. They have Notre Dame and then they go to Clemson in consecutive weeks and then Virginia Tech and going to Louisville in consecutive weeks. They're not going to be great, but they won a bowl last year. And if a couple things break correctly, I think they go five and seven, six and six. Five and everything works out. Yeah. This year? Yeah, I think five and seven, maybe four and eight. Holy crap. Yeah. You're pretty much going dude alert on Steve Adazio then. You're you're buying into. <laughs> well, he Steve is Adazio. the dude of the dude alerts. He, he is the one who started the whole dude alert thing. Yeah. By the, the way, there's a dude, dude alert thread now going on the subreddit. Oh, yeah. Put put your dudes in there. Huh. Wow. So you're feeling you're feeling okay about this then. I think Boston College will ugly it up against somebody and win. How about that? Like Louisville or Virginia Tech. Louisville, right. Louisville. Or Notre Dame. I don't know. That's entirely possible. Do they have Notre Dame at home or is that a weird like, oh, Notre Dame has a road game. Let's schedule it for Cleveland. That game is in Boston. Is that Boston? Oh, it's at the Alumni Stadium. Okay. It's not Boston like we're playing at Fenway. No, 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 no. Uh, It's an actual college stadium. Okay, cool. Dan, every guy looks better in a suit that fits. As opposed to one of those generic off the rack. Even suits. Steve Adazio tie? Even Steve Adazio, Dan, yeah. Steve Adazio, sexier, not as sexy as Randy Edsel. We get questions all the time. What do we do if I got to go to like a fall wedding? You're just ignoring my question? I say sexier. I say sexier. If you're going to a fall wedding and if you're already in the headspace of like, damn, I want to watch college football, I can't watch college football, A, yeah, you can stream it on the phone, put it under the napkin. If you need advice, give us a call. We'll let you know. Let you know how to do it. The other thing that you can do to brighten your mood 
is get a custom fitted suit from our good friends over at Indochino, Dan. They have suited up hundreds of thousands of guys. They are now the largest made to measure menswear brand in the world. Here's how it works. You go to Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, or you can drop by one of their nine North American showrooms. Once you're there, you pick from hundreds of fabrics and patterns. You choose your customizations from lapels to pleats to jacket linings and much, much more. Then you submit your body measurements. And then... Hell yeah, you do, Ty. You, you just chill. I'm looking for another bullet point here. It only goes up to five. You kick back, you relax, you get ready to step into the best damn suit you've ever worn in just about four weeks. Provided you stay married for the considerable future, you probably won't have an event in which you have to tell people, pick up this suit in this color from Indochino. Mm -mm. Submit your measurements. That's right. What event would you have people order this for? (sighs) Wow. I mean, maybe the next Celebrable Live show. If you really want to get dolled up for it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could definitely make a mark. Yeah. Beyond that, I don't know, but it's available to you now. You can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 mm-hmm. at Indochino.com and enter solid, S-O-L-I-D, at checkout. 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit, plus shipping is free. Again, it's Indochino.com. Your promo code is solid for any premium suit. Just $379 with free shipping. Do not worry ever again about badly fitting suits or expensive trips to the tailor because with Indochino, you can look like a million bucks. My alternate tagline, since we're talking about taglines and branding, Indochino, bodies can be weird. This makes it less so. If you're getting that Indochino suit, why not pair it with a proper cloth shirt? Oh, shoot, Ty. Life hack. Style hack. How do you like that transition? Ty, you're killing it today. Free-flowing right into proper cloth. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Finding a dress shirt can be hard. Perhaps you're oddly shaped, and I don't know. We're not passing judgment, but the collar might be too tight. The sleeves might be too long. Something's always off. Yeah. If you order a custom-fit shirt, do it through proper cloth because it's never been easier. Go to propercloth.com. They will let you easily create a custom shirt size in seconds. You answer 10 easy questions. It's Dan Rubenstein tested and approved. Oh, yeah. It's foolproof. You do not even need the measuring tape. It's easy. Plus, they have over 500 fabric styles to choose from, including premium Italian and Japanese fabrics, as well as business and casual styles, all starting at just 85 bucks. Best of all, they guarantee a perfect fit. If somehow it doesn't fit, they will remake it for free gq calls them their favorite online custom shirt maker ty what do you wear under a suit shirt i struggled you just wear a, a plain white undershirt i struggled with the plain white undershirt mm-hmm. uh, i've recently migrated to the v-neck shirt yeah sure but it's tough to find a v-neck shirt that doesn't just beam through Right. Your dress shirt after you get a little sweat action going. Not that I'm like an overactive sweater. But then you see the V underneath the tie But then the you see knot. the V and it's like yeah. you're wearing a, a semi-transparent shirt, which always makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. 
Right. I never understood the tank option. I never understood the purpose, the utility of the tank. I've always worn the white undershirt. I feel as if somebody out there listening right now must have a recommendation for a very breathable white shirt, like very wicky. Yeah. Well, it could be proper cloth. I haven't found that shirt. It could be proper cloth. Let's look at proper cloth here. We'll pull it up after the show. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash solid today. Your gift code is solid, S-O-L-I-D. Save 20 bucks on your first shirt. Again, proper cloth is the name. Do it today. And send me recommendations for undershirts that irrigate. I'm actually quite serious about knowing a little bit more about that. Oh, good. If we have any fashion mavens out there, solidverbal.gmail.com. Please. So that was the Atlantic. Let's move onward now to C-A-N-E-S Canes. Wow. Okay. That guy still listen to the show, you think? I don't. If he didn't respond the last time we asked for him to respond, I fear that he's passed on listening to our show. Probably while listening to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The front seven's loaded, Dan. Yeah, it is. Everybody is back for the Canes. Manny Diaz, wow. Just an amazing job in his first year in Coral Gables. Corn Elder's gone in the back. That's that's going to obviously hurt the defense. The secondary has more questions in the front seven. The front seven is loaded. The real big question here, as it is with just about every team in the Coastal, by the way, mm-hmm. Miami fans want to know who's playing quarterback. And I think Miami fans want it to be Nikosi Perry. Mm-hmm. Because he's the four-star. Highest upside. Yeah, he's a four-star guy. He's a true freshman. Mark Richt said a few days ago that if he were making the call now, he'd pick one of the older guys on the team. So either Malik Rozier or Evan Sheriffs. But he hasn't made that decision yet. So I suppose there's still time he could go with Perry. Uh, Right now, it looks like Rozier probably has the inside track on being named the starter. If he is a starter, he can throw to my boy, almost my dude alert, Amon Richards, who broke all of Michael Irvin's school records for freshman receiving yardage last year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a target out wide. And I like Mark Walton and some of the other key cogs they have there. But the big question is quarterback. Who mm-hmm. is playing quarterback? I, I don't have the answer for no. you, Ty. Okay. I didn't know if you were expecting some sort of insight. No, it, it seems like it's still pretty wide open and everybody sort of brings their own advantage and disadvantage. I think the key for Miami is ride that defensive front seven. Uh, the secondary is not bad. I think you covered everything good about the uh, the skill guys. I'm a little bit worried about the offensive line. So it's good that they have Mark Richt, who has traditionally been very good with developing quarterbacks. And Brad Kaya was... Not world-beating, but efficient, I would say, for Miami. And sure. consistency is good enough for pretty much 98% of programs. The schedule is not bad. I don't think they play Clemson, right? Correct. That's They correct. get Notre Dame and Virginia Tech both at home, I think consecutively after North Carolina on the road. But, you know, they go to Florida State early on. And the other big name that you left out, I mean, Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz excuse me, deserves credit, but Craig Kulingowski, defensive mm. line coach. That's right. The guy that developed... Every single one of those ridiculous Missouri players, Michael Sam, Coney Ely, Charles Harris, he is now coaching for Miami, and that is a very good thing for Miami. So I expect them to to terrorize a number of teams and maybe win a game they shouldn't because of that front. So I've got I've got nine and three here, yeah. despite not having a quarterback in place. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm feeling Miami in a good way this year. We're gonna know a lot about them in week three at Florida State. Wasn't Amon Richards, and I think you're right. Wasn't Amon Richards the one who jumped over the Notre Dame corner? (laughs) 
That was a wonderful moment. Even as a Notre Dame fan, that had to have been a little bit like, okay, that was fine. I'm really glad that you bring up him hurtling a Notre Dame defender. Thank you. My favorite kind of picture that is taken by professional photographers and, you know, all newspapers should have those. Um, Whenever that moment where a player appears to be tackling nothing (laughs) because they've been hurtled, that's such a great just photograph all the time. Do you like Miami more than Virginia Tech? It's close, right? I think so. I think I like Miami better because I like the skill on offense that will surround whoever. I mean, Virginia okay. Tech is going to start Josh Jackson. And mm, I think the offensive line is better in Blacksburg, but I think the fact that Miami has the front that it does is better than anything that Virginia Tech does, even though they also have a good front. I like Virginia And I think Tech. I like the schedule better. I, I like Virginia Tech. I do. Yeah. Uh, Josh Jackson is taking over for Gerard Evans, who left. He has a similar skill set to Gerard Evans, so I would expect that the offense at Tech would look mm-hmm. fairly similar to what we saw last year, hopefully a little bit more efficient. They still have Trayvon McMillan at running back. He's a junior this year, had seven touchdowns a year ago, but they're going to need more out of him. They're going to need more efficiency out of McMillan if they want to really buoy this offense because they are experiencing some turnover. They lose Isaiah Ford. They lose Bucky Hodges in the passing game. They still have Cam Phillips, who's going to be their new number one. But beyond that, it's a lot of guys with potential and not a lot of experience. It's really a great unknown. And then on top of it, the right side of the offensive line is being replaced. Suffice to say, Justin Fuente has a lot of in front of him on offense. I don't worry so much about the defense because they were really good last year. They are young and inexperienced along the line, but it's a party in the back, dog. They are loaded in the back seven, especially at linebacker. Yeah, I really, yeah, the linebacking core is very good. There's huge talent along the defensive line, even though they replace a good amount. Um, yeah, I feel pretty good. We'll know early on because of West Virginia, and we we actually had somebody named Bill Greer or Billy Greer tweet us that I think you were correct. His Twitter name was at least labeled as Clay Tiles. Oh, okay. And he said that I was correct with my uh, analysis of syllables. I disputed. But in any case, Virginia Tech has Clemson at home. They don't have Florida State. They do have a tough stretch with, I think, going to Miami, to Georgia Tech and Pitt. But otherwise... I, I feel pretty good about Virginia Tech once again. And it's it's a matter of, and I think you hit it, is, you know, can Josh Jackson develop like Gerard Evans did, who was older when he arrived in Blacksburg. Sure. Josh Jackson's still a registered freshman who has not taken an actual snap yet. So maybe they don't win the division like they did last year, but they're still a dangerous enough team. And I think they're they're sort of in that Oh, yeah. Eight and four, nine and three. If Josh Jackson is terrible, seven and five. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Justin Fuente won 10 games a year ago. 10 wins feels too aggressive of yeah. an expectation. But the defense, again, should be good enough to keep them in just about every game. And there are a bunch of teams in the Coastal that truly could come off the swivel and open yeah. the doors for Tech, depending on what happens at their quarterback situations, because that's a big deal in the Coastal this year. They're all looking for new quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Schedule isn't terrible for a team that's going through the kind of rebuild that Tech is going through. I think it's it's there. It's potentially there, 10 wins. I don't think it happens. I agree with you. Eight and four, nine and three seems much more realistic at this point. Also, it's a tough place to play. 
I know totally. the West Virginia game is in DC, I believe, but playing against Pitt, playing against Clemson at home, that's that's a tricky place for a green quarterback for Clemson against a really good secondary, a pretty good front. If you wanted to pencil something in danger-wise for Clemson, I think it's probably tech on the road. You mentioned Pitt. Let's go to Pitt. Let's go. Secretly decent. Are they secretly again, decent? Yeah. I think they're still in that category, to be perfectly honest. They've got a new quarterback taking over for Nate Peterman. And James Conner has now moved on. He's playing for the Steelers. And actually, I saw he's got one of the top-selling jerseys in the NFL. Hell yeah. Good for him. Mm -hmm. They also lost their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, to LSU. There is not a ton of experience on defense. They've got Penn State and Oklahoma State in the non-conference the silver lining is that they don't have to play Florida State, Clemson, or Louisville during the regular season. Louisville. I could play this a couple different ways with Pitt. I trust in Pat Narduzzi to put together a defense, even though, again, not a ton of experience. I trust in his abilities to put a defense out there that will be competitive and keep the team in games. Offense, I don't know what to expect. I really don't. Okay, that's reasonable. Okay, I think there's a little bit of clarity on offense because we know Max Brown is talented, the USC transfer who came over. Sean Watson's the new guy calling plays and not a great sign that he tends to leave fan bases disappointed. Didn't he leave? He left Texas, right? Yeah, and he was in Indiana recently and and sort of helped with quarterbacks. I... I'm curious. I'm curious because Max Brown has weapons. He's got... Kadri Allison, Quadri uh, Henderson, and Jester Wea, who are, I mean, underrated, secretly decent, whatever you want to call it. Those are two very good receivers. Right. Quality not seen since the Larry Fitzgerald, Yogi Roth tandem. That's right. That's right. In the early 2000s. Uh, defensively, they got better up front last year, but they're replacing everybody, and they still gave up way too many big plays. Secondary, again, got a, it's a bit of a weakness. Um, I'm still worried about this team having to win shootouts. So that's my thing. Schedule's nice ish because they missed the teams you mentioned, but they still travel to Penn state and they have Oklahoma state, two teams that will be very eager to throw against the secondary. I'm going to say Pitt comes in again. I think there's going to be just, and this seems to be the way every year in that seven, eight win sort of place. I think they're going to be a lot like NC state, but sort of flipped where they're going to have these crazy games because of the offensive skill, but they're also going to lose something stupid. So I have it at, because the schedule is relatively advantageous, I have them at eight and four. Eight and four, yeah. seven and five. Seven and five is is reasonable, yeah. yeah. I feel more seven and five than I do eight and four. Pitt has had some really nice schedules recently. I feel like, oh, yeah. Doesn't it feel like every year when we're doing it in ACC preview where it's like, Pitt, I don't know if they're great, but it's coasting. Sort of works out. Coasting in the coastal. Yeah. I'll also add one final point. If Penn State has an opportunity to roll one up on Pitt, expect them to pull out all the stops and just bury them. Yeah. And Penn State has won how many now in a row against Pitt? (laughs) I mean, it's got to be at least. (laughs) It's a big old goose egg. I don't have it in front of me. Big old goose egg. That's why I'm saying. The database. Yeah. Okay. All right. Georgia Tech. Okay. I feel I need to recuse myself from Georgia Tech. Do you have a crush, Ty? No, I have no crush. I've never gotten Georgia Tech right. And Mm. it was nobody ever does. It was comforting to read the Bill Connolly preview 
and realize that he's never gotten Georgia Tech right either. I will cover Georgia Tech very broadly. Okay. They've got an interesting game in week one against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Which probably means more for Tennessee than Georgia Tech. It just means more. They've got an offense that needs a replacement for Justin Thomas at quarterback. They've got a defense that, I got to be honest, I looked at it. I am not a huge believer. They're relying on a lot of potential beyond the secondary, which should just be okay. They also play Georgia in the non-conference, and they've got a road game against Clemson. To me, that is not favorable for Georgia Tech's prospects in 2017. So I am not a Georgia Tech believer, which of course means they'll probably go nine and three. Where do you stand? Uh, probably seven and five, eight and four. They very quietly went, what? They ended up nine and four last year. They went 500 in the conference. I think somewhere around there because of the experience. I like the offensive skill that they bring back. And here's the key, and this is not just key for Georgia Tech, but for any team which offensively plays in a very specific way, whether it's up-tempo, whether it's Georgia Tech with ball control, if you give the ball back to Georgia Tech, if you were an opponent of the rambling wreck and you give the ball back to them, that's brutal. Again, it doesn't bring me any pleasure to bring up the Navy-Notre Dame game last year. Mm, I'm sure it gives you no pleasure whatsoever. But certainly the last thing you want to do against a ball control team that wants to just physically wear you down on the ground is drop the ball onto the turf, throw an interception, whatever. And that's what Georgia Tech's defense is predicated on. Turning the other team over. That's what Texas Tech tries to do and fails to do. Turning the other team over, you know, putting them in bad situations, negative plays, because if they have to play you 12, 14 play drives, whatever, you're just going to beat Georgia Tech. That's just plain and simple. They can't, it's tough to come back at times for uh, for the for the Georgia Techies. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the Yellow Jackets. So I am, God, they're going to beat somebody good and they're going to lose to somebody dumb. It's, it just feels like a coastal theme. So they have Pitt in North Carolina. They will probably beat one of those teams in consecutive weeks. They are on the road against Miami, on the road against Clemson. I don't feel good about them against either one of those teams, but could they beat Virginia Tech again this year at home? Maybe. Yeah. Georgia, a team that we have no idea what to expect. Maybe. It's a lot I, of maybes I, on there, a lot of toss-ups. Yeah. It's Georgia Tech, maybe. Let's go to North Carolina. Okay. North Carolina is interesting. Another team, tell me if you've heard this one before, the new quarterback in the Coastal. Yeah. They lose General Mitch Trubisky, who was drafted very high by the Bears. They also lose TJ Logan and Elijah Hood. They lose Ryan Switzer and Bug Howard. Mm -hmm. So there's some turnover on offense. Defensively, their front seven should be good enough. It's not a lockdown front seven, but it should be pretty solid. I feel confident about five or six wins, but again, these teams that have so much turnover, it's really tough to forecast where you see them going in the near term. Uh, I like Larry Fedora. I've always liked Larry Fedora. I think he's a good coach. Great abs. Brandon Harris is probably going to be the starting quarterback, and he does not inspire a ton of confidence, Dan. I saw him at LSU. That does not leave me feeling good about what this team is going to do um, against, uh, again, a lot of tweener 7-5, and 8-4 and four teams that they're going to play in the ACC. So, again... Kind of on the fence here. Yeah, I think it's a reboot year. That's what I think our our pal Bill Connolly called it for North Carolina. It seems like it's a year that Larry Fedora had to really acquaint himself with anybody fast on offense because a lot of new faces. Like, are you you steep? You're Phil. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. And 
with Brandon Harris without the continuity at quarterback, I think that's going to be tough a little bit early on. Everybody seems to be unproven. The offensive line is pretty good. They add a couple transfers. They still have experience. Defensively, they struggled until Gene Chizik, who is now gone. And But they're sort of bend but don't breaky, and that's an improvement from where they were. Schedule is tough road slate. I would say tough road slate, but they don't have Florida state or Clemson. I don't believe so all things considered it's good for North Carolina to have a, to have a reboot year this year. Let's go to their rival, Dan. Okay. Let's go to Duke, the Dukies mm-hmm. Duke to me feels like a poor man, Syracuse. What? Oh, I'd much rather watch Duke than Syracuse this year. Daniel Jones has receivers. The defense is, eh. I like Daniel Jones a lot. I think that Mm -hmm. David Cutcliffe is building for the future at Duke. I think he's doing a pretty good job there. You're talking about Daniel Jones like you talk about a cousin you really get along really well with, but is married to a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) And that nightmare is Duke's secondary. Their defense, Um, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I like the linebackers. I do like the linebackers for Duke, and they've recruited pretty well. Quietly, they've recruited pretty well on both sides of the ball. Duke doesn't play Syracuse, by the way, which is a bit oh, of a well. Bummer, that makes that that makes that maybe in the ACC easier. championship. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I would feel much better about Duke if I felt better about their secondary. Weird schedule for Duke: Northwestern and Baylor in the non-conference. Yeah. Um, they go to North Carolina, which good year to go to North Carolina. They have Miami. They don't have Clemson. They go to Virginia Tech. It's I think they're going to I think they're quietly decent. Quietly decent. Yeah, I like David Cutcliffe a lot. I think he is I think he's a pragmatic coach. I think he knows pragmatic what he has. coach. How about that? How about that, Ty? $5 word. Good for you. Thank you. We've got one team left here. Yeah, I think Duke can get back to a bowl game. We'll do a long distance dedication here for our good friend Will in Minnesota who I know. Oh been yeah. Listening for a long time. He writes in calls in from time to time about UVA. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, Virginia should be decent in its front seven, right? Yes. I like Andrew Brown a lot. There's a lot of good young talent, but they are replacing a lot of production on offense and there's just, there's just a lot of youth. I think next year will be better for Bronco Mendenhall. We interviewed him shortly after he was hired. He talked to Mm -hmm. us about naming his kids and a very (laughs) good natured guy. He was a fun guy to interview. Maybe the most fun of any coaches we've had an opportunity to speak with here, but uh, it's just going to take a while. There wasn't enough in the cupboard for him to work with. And I think a good place to start this year will be defensively again along that front seven. Virginia could have a couple games this year where you look at the crawl at the bottom of your CBS game, let's say. Mm -hmm. And, oh, Virginia is within four points of Team X here in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, just because their defense should be pretty solid. Defense should be pretty good. They have an all-American caliber player in Quinn Blanding. It's big safety who's been seems like forever. Really good. I like the linebackers. They're still pretty young. Secondary, even with Blanding, is kind of mixed. Road slate is it's pretty tough. They go to Boise State early on. They have North Carolina, Pitt, and Louisville. Uh, and I think Miami on the road. So offensively, they need to do something. They need a spark somewhere. And I don't, I honestly don't know where it's coming from. The skill positions are not that great. The line isn't great. The quarterback isn't great. So they're going to have to win some, some ugly, ugly matchups. 
There you have it. 14 teams up, 14 teams down. Dan, what is your ACC championship game? I'm, I think I'm going to go a rematch between Miami and Florida State. So you're not going Clemson? I'm not going Clemson. Obviously. Was that would, hard for you? Because I feel like you really like, you want to pick Clemson, but your mind is telling you otherwise. You know what? No, I'm still going to go Florida State. Ah! Let me look at Florida State's schedule. Once again, I have it in front of me. Florida State's schedule is it's pretty good. Even though they're at Clemson, at Florida will not affect their ACC standing. So I am going to stay with Florida State. I, I like Florida State against Miami. I could see it being Virginia Tech. But right now I favor Miami because I like their defense a little bit more than I like Virginia Tech's. And I trust in Mark Rick's ability to develop a quarterback. Right. And that game's at Miami, too. Game is at Miami. What I will say about Florida State is because of their strength of schedule, and I've seen this posted in a couple places actually today, I was going to say it before I read it, I promise you. This is a team that even if they have two losses, they could lose to Alabama week one, they could lose another game along the way, and still be viewed highly enough by the playoff selection committee that they could be a choice to make it into that final four. If they win the ACC, I think it's I think it's on the table for them to be selected, maybe with two losses if it should come to that. Right. Hmm. Okay. Could happen. Okay. I'm rooting for the Knowles this year. Who is the ACC Offensive Player of the Year? And you can't say Lamar Jackson. Oh, damn. You ready? I'll give you mine first. I'll give you another second to think about yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Here it is. Quadri Henderson. Your boy. The Pittsburgh Panthers. Love him. If I can't say... Lamar Jackson. Come on. There's a couple of good running backs here. Yeah. Mark Walton. No, nah, I don't think Mark. Deion Kane is your dude. I could go Deion Kane, but Are I you don't a full know. believer in Kelly Bryant. No, I'm not. See, that's the problem. I'll say DeAndre Francois. DeAndre Francois. Okay. Defensive player of the year. And Derwin you can't James. say Derwin. Derwin James. No, you can't say Derwin James. Harold Landry then. Yeah, I'm going to go Harold Landry. Ah, Mm, yeah, I'm going to go Harold Landry as well. He had well. 16 and a half sacks last year. <laughs> He's very good. He is very good at football. Uh, another defensive name I like a lot. Wake Forest has a defensive end named Duke, which is very confusing for me, Ty. Duke sure. Edgeofor, I believe. And he was very productive last year. And I think he will be again. Super fun to watch. You can say the complicated ACC names this year, okay? I said pragmatic, Ty, and I pronounced it correctly. There you have it. So we're both going Florida State ACC. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who's the worst team in the ACC this year? Virginia. I think I think we agree. We agree. Virginia close second, I think, is Boston College. Okay. All right. Go on UVA. Well, write in. Let us know what you think. We mm-hmm. are at Solid Verbal on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Do comment in the subreddit, which some of our loyal verballers have set up. It's growing very quickly. Get on in on that. Before the college football season gets rolling, we do have a pick 'em pool, which I promise to post alongside this episode if you go on out to solidverbal.com. And we've had hundreds, literally hundreds of orders for our t shirts. Yeah, it's really cool. Which again, you can find that order form if you go on out to solidverbal.com and click on store. It's also been posted in a in a variety of different places. But if you're interested, 25 bucks. Get in on the fun. Wear it out to your favorite college football team's next game. We'll it's probably so have those soft. have those out to you around mid-September or so. And the only other bit of homework we have 
in addition to going out to the Facebook and the iTunes pages to review the show, give us a five-star review, of course, the only other homework item right now is take the survey. Take Mm. the survey. Let us know where you're at. Most importantly, let us know where you would come to see a hypothetical solid verbal live show if we should decide to take this whole thing on the road. Chicago's a no-brainer. Atlanta's a no-brainer. D.C., I think it's a no-brainer. I like people DC's in D.C. is a no-brainer. Would love to and figure I, out a Texas show. I would say the Texas show is probably a no-brainer as well. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to do this, by the way, logistically mm-hmm. speaking, but as it relates to just hypotheticals, We'll take the old-fashioned choo-choo. We could add a fourth city in Texas somewhere. And then there, there's a battle royale going on out in the West Coast between L.A., San Francisco, and Seattle. And unfortunately, the West Coast is rather long. So I don't know if there's a centrally located spot that everyone can get to easily. But if we were going to add a fifth city right now, it would probably be one that could accommodate those verbalers. So we're going to go to Santa Maria, California. That's right. Split the difference between LA and San Francisco, the home of Tri-Tip, barbecue Tri-Tip. That's where we'll do the show. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know. Again, take the survey. If there's anything else that we missed, by all means, solidverbal at gmail.com is the email. Oh, we've got SiriusXM too. We do, Dan. It's funny that you should bring that up. (laughs) I was just going to get to our capper on our ACC preview. Have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Sirius XM, the solid verbal 888-999-1010. Give us a call on the Dave Davis Dental Hotline. We're talking ACC. Am I crazy or can Clemson repeat? The new guy might be even better than Watson or so I've heard from some people who would know. Can Jimbo make a run this fall? He's got the talent down there in Tallahassee. No doubt about it. Are we forgetting about Lamar Jackson? A lot of people already don't remember that he won the Heisman Trophy, for Christ's sake. Will the Coastal be all about the U, as they say? Gotta love what Mark Richt has been doing down there, no doubt about it. A lot of people jumping on the NC State bandwagon. Are you? Huge question, that's for sure. Can North Carolina rebound, pardon the basketball term, and get back to competing on the big stage? A lot of eyes on the heels. Paul Johnson still running that option, but is he running out of options in Atlanta? Huge question, no doubt about it. What about Justin Fuente and the Hokies? Can they ride that Bud Foster blue collar lunch pail gritty? Keep your head down, Jim Rat, manual labor, coal mining, time clock, working class manufacturing, physical double shift, hard labor defense. Big question. No doubt about it. And who's going to shock the world? Virginia, Boston College, Wake Forest, Pitt, Syracuse, Duke. My money's on one of them. And once again, 888-999-1010. Give us a call on the Dave Davis Dental Hotline. And because you requested it and because he lives in my pocket, Bruno Mars. Oh, I see what you did there. That's why you use yeah. those lyrics at the top of the show. Ty, it's, it's full circle. That's how, that's what the, the experts call it. The circle of life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the verbal. You like Bruno Mars? I think Bruno Mars is a great. huge Bruno Mars fan. We are cool old people, Ty. On that note, mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening to the show. Tell your friends, review the show, send us emails, send us tweets, send us whatever you got. 
We are rounding into form here as college football season gets ever so close in the window. We're going to be publishing our fantasy things live show. Give oh, yeah. you all a taste of what our friends had uh, to bear witness to this past weekend on Sunday. We will be back next Wednesday. We're going to talk some SEC. Oh, and then spicy. probably going to publish another show on the weekend. Going to get another one out there because we got to talk Pac-12 before we actually start previewing games. I'm excited. Ty, I'm going to be honest with you. There were times this summer because I had a very distracted summer, getting married, going on my honeymoon, sure. a lot of naps, Sure, that I didn't know how I felt about this upcoming season. I know. But in the last few days, the invigoration is real. So let's do this. For that guy over there, my good friend Dan Rubenstein, for myself, Ty Hildebrand, we'll catch you all in a few days. In the meantime, stay safe. Peace. Don't forget to check out our friends over at propercloth.com slash solid. Do it today. Enter the gift code solid. Save 20 bucks on your first custom fitted shirt. It's never been easier. Thanks to proper cloth.